American songwriter. We had the opportunity to talk to Aaron O'Brien, a.k.a. A-Pop, over a Zoom video. Aaron is a multi-instrumentalist writer and producer. He talked about growing up in upstate New York and how he got into music. He started off his musical journey on piano, then he moved on to trumpet and eventually guitar. But he talked about making beats and producing samples when he was in college. And a couple of those songs attracted some attention from some pretty big artists. He talks about that. He talks about uh, the band and project he was in prior to COVID happening called Yes, Please. Booking a one-way ticket to L.A. with his girlfriend mid-pandemic, moving to Los Angeles, and producing for a bunch of artists over the course of the last year, like the Polar Boys, Ben Chandler, who we've had on this uh, podcast before, No Love for the Middle Child, who we've also had on the podcast, and a bunch of other artists. He talked to us about adapting to producing during COVID and having to do everything remotely and a solo project he's been working on as well. You can watch our interview with APOB on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It would be awesome if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Bringing Back Pod. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with APOB. So this is all about you. Our podcast is all about your journey in music and how you got to where you are now. Beautiful. Cool. cool. I did read that you're from upstate New York. Yeah. Cronon Hudson. It's born like and a, born and raised small hippie town where like all the communists went in the 1950s. <laughs> is that right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and what was it like growing up there? It was honestly like really nice, like very uh, supportive of the arts, beautiful trees, like places to hike and like right on the Hudson river. So really blessed to grow up there really like uh, supportive of the arts and whatever creative pursuits you wanted. That's cool. I love that chair behind you, by the way, the finger, oh. the hand <laughs> looks cool. So uncomfortable to sit in. <laughs> I was going to say, it's probably, it's probably more of a, a style than a comfort, huh? A hundred percent. It's people probably like last 15 minutes in there and then they're like, nah, and they they're done with it. They just want to take a few Instagram pictures. Exactly. <laughs> they're done with it. Well, that's cool. Well, so talk to me about how you got into music. So basically, like my mom, she wanted to be like a Broadway singer. So I was okay. always listening to show tunes and like all of her friends were actresses and singers. So I was always like my first CD was Celine Dion. Um, my heart will go on. And then my dad was always listening to jazz and my brother He's always listening to like hardcore punk, metal, rap, all this different shit that I never really would have stumbled upon myself. Mm -hmm. And it kind of older just, brother, older brother. Exactly. Okay. And it was kind of like this culmination where I just listened to my favorite songs, just like my favorite, probably 10 to 15 seconds, just over and over and over again, sitting in front of my stereo at the time. It was like a five CD changer. And I just have all my different mixes. So basically through that, I found genres that I love. I picked up piano and then guitar and trumpet and then was just in a bunch of different like fusion bands all through middle school and high school. Wow. So piano first. Then yeah, my parents wanted me to do classical piano, which trash, hated it, <laughs> like was doing all the recitals, like thun, 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 couldn't do it. <laughs> and then finally... Like in middle school, I was really into ska. So trumpet kind of popped up as like a cool instrument to play. Mm -hmm. And then I was always like third trumpet, never really practiced or anything. I just liked the idea of it. And then guitar really kind of popped up as like, oh, this is fucking sick. And okay. I love playing it. Yeah. With piano though, are you glad that you took the lessons? 
hundred percent. Like I kind of like I'm hated the the genre that I was playing, but loved the the technical aspect that I picked up. So I still sure. play keys all the time, and all the lessons that I wanted, I'll just be like, hey, can you teach me how to play this song, or like just teach me these chords? And then it just turned into like a theory thing, which I've interested in, but never really had the patience to sit down and learn. Got it. Okay. Um, when did you did you start the band? When you picked up guitar? Yeah, so I was in a bunch of different bands. One of them, it was called Nacho Blood Fort, and it was like a ska, <laughs> hardcore metal band. I was always into like weird fusions. But um, in all the bands, I always wanted to play all the different instruments, all the different parts. And it wasn't until my friend showed me Reason that I was like, oh, I can start doing this myself. And it was like when hip hop started, I like, started listening to way more hip hop and R&B. And I was like, OK, I'm going to start chopping samples, start making beats. And it was kind of that in high school, I started making the transition into producing. Okay. And then I was in, I went to college. My parents were like, oh, you can get a degree and then you can do whatever the hell you want. And did you go to college for music? Uh, no, I wish I oh, did. Okay. But also like I, I work with so many people who've like dropped out of Berkeley and all these different sure. movies. So it's, I feel like it all just kind of ends up in the same place. Right, right. Okay. But um. When I was in school, I was still working on music all the time. And like, I got all these opportunities to work with all these different people. And like one of them, one of my friends, we were like releasing just beats on SoundCloud. And we ended up going down to North Carolina to work with Ninth Wonder because he heard one of our beats. And he's like, oh, wow. And like Ninth is my idol. Like he's one of the producers like got me into making music in the first place. Really? What was that like having that? Did you even realize it was or did you think it was really him? Like when the email came through or? I first thought my friend was just like lying and I was right. like, dude, no way. And then we're like, <laughs> I was on the Amtrak and I was like, okay, this might be real. And then we were crashing at like one of the artists on the label's house. I'm like, this is probably real. And then by the time we got to the studio, I'm like, yeah, this is real. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, so you guys are just putting up songs on SoundCloud and you got an, uh, an email saying, Hey, he wants to work with you. So basically we, yeah, we're just putting up all these different beats and one of them, we sampled a typewriter and one of the artists on the label uh, heard it and they're like, oh, let's work and do stuff. And then ninth heard it. And he's like, you, you guys should come down and check it out. So we just went down there on a whim and <laughs> I was the first, it was stupid. It was like late at night, we're going to the studio and I was the first one in the line to like enter okay. where I knew nobody there. I should have let my friend lead the way because he's met them before. Uh-huh. But I just see just like a red ember of somebody smoking a cigarette out front. And I couldn't tell who it was, but it turned out to be crisis and like another huge idol of mine And I go to like dap him up. And I end up just like in the pitch black, just dapping up his elbow oh. and like holding it for a good 15 seconds. <laughs> I should probably just go home by now. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, well, I'm, I'm sure the session went well though, obviously. Yeah, it was at that point, like I was making music and I was like, this is cool. But it wasn't until I was just playing beats in one of the rooms and ninth actually like ran in twice and was like, play that back. I want that. And I like, yeah, I was like stunned. My mind was blown. I'm like, you actually like my music? That's crazy. Yeah. So I think that kind of moment where I realized like this is something that I can really do and like something that other people can recognize as well. And from there, what? What did he end up using your using your song or, so or this what, is what a common theme of songs of mine getting cut last second. So okay. 
he chose the songs. The project never came out, but it was like a moment of confidence for me where I was like, this is a path that could work. Uh And then basically finished school. And I just like locked myself in New York in my apartment, just making as many beats as I could. And one of my good friends grew up with Travis Scott. So I ended up sending music for birds in the trap and he'd get back to me. He's like, Oh, he's inspired by it. He recorded on one of the songs. I was working at a restaurant that time. I'm like, I'm gonna quit my job. Let's fucking go. <laughs> like, right. Yeah, totally. I had like this fantasy of never talked to him, never anything. All I knew was that there, he recorded on one of them. And I had this fantasy of like him just showing up to my restaurant, throwing me a bag of cash. Yeah. And then me just being like, fuck you, I'm out. Like, <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. But um, that yeah, didn't not, happen. No, nothing happened. Wish I had the demo, but it was just like another thing where I'm like, okay, something's working. There's some momentum moving. Right. And just kind of pushed me to keep on going and honing my craft. And it wasn't until um, I was in this band, Yes, Please, with a childhood friend where I was like, okay, I can lock in with an artist. I can practice my production. I can practice my writing. And we can explore all these different genres that we grew up listening to. So it was like a really cool project to work on to kind of explore different genres because I was mainly locked in the hip hop and R&B. And it was, I actually worked with um, Young Roddy and Trademark from Jet Life. And that was like still in the hip hop lane of like sample chopping. And it was, again, I was like, (laughs) I showed up to his uh, hotel room and he just threw me like a wad of cash and was like, okay, I'll take this beat. I'll take this beat. I'm like, okay, this is kind of working. <laughs> <laughs> That's rad. <laughs> yeah. But really good people too. So it was like meeting people that I liked seeing that my music was actually being used. It was like a big thing for me to kind of keep on moving. Very cool. Very cool. And then with the band, did that continue on or, or how, what was So the- basically it was like at the moment we were looking to do, where it started it was like, okay, we're going to be producing for other people. We're going to be writing for other people, kind of like a Neptune's idea. Sure. But like how, as we continued making music, one of the songs specifically, Susie, when I, when we made it, it was like, oh, this is a genre that I really love making more of like a rock song mm-hmm. where I was like, this is kind of where I want to go. And for him, he was like, oh, I kind of want to want to work on more of my artist stuff. So we kind of, kind of just split into different directions in that way, where I wanted to focus on production more. Okay. And the song Susie, was that something you ended up releasing? Uh, yeah. So it was on our album that we released and it just was like kind of an awakening for me where I just realized how much I loved rock music and alt rock and classic rock. And it's kind of been this wormhole that I've just jumped down back into. We're kind of figuring out back into the fusion of like how these different genres speak to each other. Sure. And when, when did the, like, when did you guys kind of part ways with, with that was, so I moved from New York into uh, Los Angeles in September. So we kind of stopped right after the project, probably in May. So almost like a year ago. Oh, wow. Okay. So this Mm -hmm. has all been kind of fairly new. Oh yeah. hundred percent. It's been basically quarantine project came out. We realized we kind of wanted to go in different directions. And then me and my girlfriend moved out here to Los Angeles. And it's something that we always wanted to do. And I was like lying to myself that the music industry would kind of, there'd be a rebirth in New York. And it, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like amazing out here. It's pretty much been overwhelming with the amount of work that's popped up. That's amazing. So you guys moved to New York or moved from New York to LA mm-hmm. during the COVID 
pandemic thing going on? Yeah, we went from one uh, epicenter to the other. The other? Okay. (laughs) It's kind of exploring how uh, people handle it differently. For sure, for sure. And then with, you get to LA and you ended up signing with with the management team and like how... Mm -hmm. How did you get kind of attention when you got to Los Angeles? It was basically um, the first project that I had. It was I just landed, didn't even have any of my gear. And I was working with this band called the Polar Boys out of Miami. There's really dope band, like heavy Beach Boys influence, Beatles influence, mixed with like the Strokes. And I was working on a demo of their, theirs when, during quarantine when I was living at my aunt's. And basically they're like, oh, we love what you did. Let's work on an, the album together. So they ended oh, up wow. flying out for a week, nine songs. We did 18 hour days for like a week straight, just like going to bed at 7 a.m. and just waking up and doing it again the next day and basically cranked that out and had a body of work and stuff kind of just started chugging and chugging after that. Wow. Okay. So you produced their whole record mm-hmm. and then more work started happening because they, yeah, people heard it getting out of there. Exactly. Had stuff to kind of show. Uh, I met my manager and through him, I worked with Dave, this uh, UK rapper and like all these other people that I would normally not work in the network that I had at the moment. Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. And um, I did see that you worked with No Love for the Middle Child. We we love him. Yeah, I love, love him. him. We've had him on the show before, too. Oh, sick. Cool. I'm going to get in with him next week. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So right now, have you been just working with a bunch of different artists while, while being in L.A.? Yeah. So it's been like for me, a huge like learning curve, but kind of thing to get used to where I'm used to working with like one artist and focusing on it. And now it's been every single day. It's somebody new and it's wow great and it's really cool. But it's also for me, how I work as a producer is just I like to listen to what the artist is saying and kind of for myself to best fit them. Versus like, oh, this is a sound that I have that you should go on. I'm usually trying to kind of emphasize their strengths and work with it. So I just feel like I'm changing every single day through genres. and Yeah, <laughs> that must uh, be difficult to kind of wear a bunch of different hats, right? I mean, yeah. you're, so if an artist like, you know, No Love the Middle Child says, oh, I have this song, like, do you, is, is it, how, how does the, the process begin? Is it like they have a song and then you kind of help build it or do you have an idea that like how does the writing sessions usually typically go yeah it's different all the time Uh, sometimes an artist has a demo that they want me to finish up or they just have like a chord progression or a song that they have or it's just like kind of spur in the moment where we're just like okay here's some drums and we just make something together in the room wow has that been difficult to do with like the restrictions like of COVID and stuff? Like, have you been doing like Zoom producing sessions and? Yeah, so it's actually, I did another project, this artist, Ben Chandler, excuse me. And we did the whole entire EP on Zoom and that's gonna be coming out this summer. Really, and what was that like? I actually kind of enjoyed it. Like I never met him before in my life. I heard his music on, I stumbled on on Spotify and basically send him some uh, music for him to see if he liked it. He's like, dude, I love this. Let's work on a project together. And like every night for probably a couple months, we just hopped on Zoom and like banged out a whole project. Wow. Oh my gosh. I think we've had him on our show too. Yeah. <laughs> ben Chandler. Love him. <laughs> yeah. good people. He's I'm also like, wait a minute. I think... today. Oh, is he really? Yeah. We, yeah. I've done, we've done so many shows, uh, especially during COVID. It's been like 
we've had a ton of work too because everyone's at home, you know, hanging out. Yeah. And I feel like I was like, oh, I, I think I've interviewed him as well. I just looked it up real quick, but yeah, I've had, <laughs> we've interviewed Ben as well. That's cool that you've been, you've worked with both of them. Well, that was your first like totally virtual session. hundred percent. Yeah. It wow. was like, I had no idea what to expect. We actually, the first session, it was just kind of like venting for both of us of our, like, this was so new, all these situations. And just like, he's a close friend of mine. Like, I love him. And we just kind of built a friendship first. And then from there, we just worked on the project. And a lot wow. of people hate Zoom sessions that I've talked to. I kind of like yeah. that. Do you because, really? Yeah, it's kind of like, oh, I could go eat dinner if I wanted to. Or it for me, it's kind of more efficient where we each have our own worlds and we can kind of like work on our thing and then kind of meet back, see what we think, and then just kind of go back into our own worlds. So I've heard, I've heard that I've heard two, two different things where it's like a lot of people feel like they get more work done because it's like, okay, we're sitting here. Let's like actually work instead of just like BS for a minute, go get a snack. Like, yeah. like all the downtime kind of in between, like is kind of cut out where you're, when you're just sitting here, like, okay, we should probably work. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then it's like, a lot of people don't, you know, necessarily like the fact that you're not in the same room and you mm -hmm. know, the vibe and the energy isn't there. Um, do you feel like, like, I mean, that must've been quite a learning curve. Like you said in the beginning, like, do you feel like you've picked up on that quite a bit or like, are you able to, I guess, like adapt would be, I guess what I'm going for. Yeah. The large part, what I wasn't anticipating was just, it was technical. All the things that I kind of stumbled onto as like uh, snags. Like okay. what software do you use? Like Zoom and I use Ableton couldn't run simultaneously. My computer was just oh, crashing. I see. Okay. So you're having like the technical problems. Exactly. For me, the music, it, I never really had any issues with like connecting or anything. It was just the technical. And I'm actually talking, I had a computer issue. I, it just died last week. So I've been getting this new computer up and running. So it's been a oh, common wow. theme as well. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And when you work with somebody, they, do they have to use the same software as you for it to work out um, or no? It's usually all they need is just something to record vocals into. We're okay. doing Zoom, Zoom sessions. So it doesn't really matter what they use. And then my email, we're just exchanging or we transfer just files and stems of their vocals just back and forth. Okay. So it's mainly vocals that you're helping produce. Or, well, I'll work on the beat and the music and kind of oh, go where it. the song should go. And then since they're in a different world, they have to record their vocals and then send it to me. Got and then, it. Exactly. And then I'll share. I can use this software called Listen To where they can listen in real time of how the song's going. Oh, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, it's pretty sick what, what's been developed in terms yeah, of people, I was going to say, people have to adapt so quickly now that it's like, okay, let's figure out a program so we can <laughs> yeah. all work still. <laughs> Wow. Um, what about like, are you pursuing anything as a solo artist or is it mainly just production? So basically I have a project that I'm working on as well. And as I said before, is like with artists, when they come into the room, for me, I kind of focus on how can I help? I keep on losing the word, but like, how can I help uh, emphasize your strengths? How can I sure. work myself? But this project for me is more experimental where it's more of a sound that I love. And it's like, I've got all these artists and talent that I've worked with where I'd love to incorporate them into like my experiments, if you guess you could say. Mm -hmm. So I have a bunch of all these demos and songs that I've written where I'm just trying to interweave everything that I've learned and kind of just 
mush it up into a ball, kind of like all the crazy bands I was in in middle school. Oh, so you're going to make an, a record of all of those demos? Mm. Like, yeah. Tell me a little bit more about that. So I have just, as everybody does, just hard drives and hard drives of songs and beats and instrumentals that I've made. Okay. So I definitely have like a hand few that I really love. Mm-hmm. So I want to finish those up. They're definitely more experimental. And then with all the different artists that I've met, I have ideas of like who I would want to feature on which song. Oh, got you. So you're going to be able to have, you're going to have these artists featured on to, on the project. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. And is it going to be just be, were they old demos that you had of these artists that you're going to mm-hmm. rework into the songs? No, a lot of these songs, some of them are like, the weird thing is like, some of my best writing comes when I'm viciously hungover, and okay. <laughs> just because my brain has like no judgment that I can assess on whatever I'm making. It's just kind of like a clean slate. So a lot of these, like the one that I'm thinking of is one of my favorite songs that I've probably done. And it's from like 2015. And oh, I was wow. just like dead, wrote a song, just didn't even know what it was. And then like woke up the next day and I was like, this is fucking, I love it. And I always had like a missing piece and where I was musically at the time isn't where I'm at now, where I know how to like kind of finish a song and produce it out. Where at that time in my life, I was like, sounds good. I think I can keep it like this. So. <laughs> right, right, right. So you're going back and re-listening to some of these songs and then kind of taking fresh ears and recreating them into something that you're going to put out. Exactly. Awesome. And you're going, is the... Is the project called APOB or is, or is it a pop? How do, how do I say it? And is that just your production name? Uh, it's APOB. Okay. And uh, Aaron Paul O'Brien's my initials. So it's ah, my sense. childhood nickname. Exactly. Okay. It was and actually my the- brother when I was making a screen name for AIM. And he was like, he just wrote it down. I was like, that's actually pretty clever. That works. <laughs> yeah, that is good. So this has been your screen name since AOL Instant Messenger? Yes. That's amazing. <laughs> that is amazing. Well, when do you plan on putting, like, are you working on this this mm-hmm. record now? Yeah, so I'm trying to find time with it. It's been, I think that's the another learning curve that I've been dealing with is just time management for all these projects of just daily sessions. But then on top of that, of like, oh, this person's looking for this, this person's looking for this and pitch records and pitch instrumentals all these different things and figuring out how i have time to even set aside to work on my own project so it's a rolling date that i'm looking to get over with sooner rather than later but hopefully this summer i'll have at least one song to work on to get out amazing Amazing. and then in the meantime just working and producing with 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 everybody else yeah so that ben project that should be coming out in the summer polar boys should be coming out in the summer there's artist door jar who probably one of the most dare I say talented, but just unbounding creative energy constantly. Like the second she walks into the room, it's just a whole explosion of energy and music and light and joy. And her project's coming out, I think in a couple of weeks. And I have a song on there too, which I'm really excited about. Very cool. That's mm-hmm. amazing. That's amazing. And thank you so much for doing this, Aaron. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me. Appreciate yeah. the opportunity. I have one more question for you. Sure. Do you have any advice for aspiring artists? Yeah, I think 
I've heard so much and like, because I've always asked the same question for myself. And I think the thing that it's really cliche, but it really is the truth of you decide, listen to yourself and don't let other people make decisions for you. Like you should believe in your product, your sound, because you can see it and you can hear it, but other people can't hear what you're thinking, you know? And that's always my problem is where I have a vision and I can see it so clearly. And earlier on when people are like, oh, I don't think it's there just because of what my musical talents were. I kind of believe that as the truth. So it's just mainly believe in yourself and stick to your guns and your strengths.